Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of Today on SNTR Presents. And today we're talking about Outriders nerfs that were announced by People Can Fly, and we're asking the audience what they think about them. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the places where you can find SNTR Presents as a podcast, you can listen to this virtually everywhere that it gets uploaded. You can always catch me live at SNTRlive.com. SNTRlive.com will bring you to the YouTube channel where I do these streams, these polls, these back and forth and we definitely enjoy the live interaction and today i asked people outriders nerfs how do you feel about them we have over 600 responses and 17 percent say it sucks they think the nerfs suck 33 percent say it's necessary and 50 percent say buff instead of nerf they should be doing buffs instead of nerfs so half the people taking this are like they should be doing buffs not nerfs you know these things these things should have been left alone essentially and then about 33% are saying no this was necessary these were outliers um so a pretty interesting split here uh, and we're going to be reading through the responses shortly. Yo, Rosie with a $15 tip through Super Chat. Not into Outriders, just here for the toss. Thanks for making my work go by faster. Thank you, Rosie. And I enjoy... Oh, you got the Rage hoodie. Nice, nice. Looks very, very good uh, in your little avatar there. So we're going to be combing through uh, what you guys think about this. East Spirit Draco says, It's like they mentioned in the patch notes. Late game builds are already overpowered with no investment, so it makes sense to want to make people work toward them. Um, Outriders Endgame feels weird right now, TBH. I, it feels weird because m- my my main thought process on this is very simple. This patch seemed ready to go. They indicated when they had the day one patch that they had some tuning and some things that wouldn't be ready day one and would be coming later. So more than likely, before the game even launched they were aware that these particular abilities were going to need a tuning pass and obviously a week in and they announced the percentages and everything i don't think they they whipped those numbers up yesterday i i think this was the this was the patch that was sort of already that was sort of already in the works when they talked about the day one patch before the game even launched now if you bear that in mind that is likely the result of both the demo and their own internal testing because that was kind of my concern was how on earth does this sort of thing happen did you guys not test internally did you not see that man if you try and build the strongest build you can for a techno for a trickster for a pyromancer and for a devastator there are certain inherent abilities that these two classes have that are going to outshine all the others like just run run a simulation and crunch the numbers this should have come to light well i i would probably put money on the table and say it did come to light and that's why they were so quick with this response they already knew okay they they already they already knew that these were going to be outlier abilities now that doesn't help the perception, okay? That doesn't help the perception of the community that, dude, we've been playing this game for a week, this was really fun, this was really strong, and you've already gutted something that we were enjoying. Player perception is everything, especially in a game's infancy, because that's that's by and large where your loyal player base is going to come from in the weeks that follow, and this game isn't going to have a giant player base in about a month's time. They didn't build it for that. Generally, games like this you're going to get about a month out and the, and the, and the numbers are going to drop significantly because you're going to run out of stuff to do and that's not necessarily a problem but what it means is these early weeks are very delicate 
the player base needs to feel as if they're having a good time they're being heard there's things to do and that is likely why people can fly had to act very very quickly they were already seeing trends I, I guarantee you they were seeing trends in their matchmaking that was that we were talking about yesterday and devastators basically getting kicked from groups because devastators are the it, it, on paper they're slow okay that doesn't mean they can't run the end game there are plenty of videos there are plenty of builds there are plenty of players that will show you devastator can get the job done in the end game but because of the absence of these abilities that do the stuff with the bullets and the ammunition the the devastators were going to slow you down a little bit and i know that seems ridiculous but the end game is literally built around speed so even if a devastator shaves off a minute or two of your efficiency that doesn't seem like that big of a deal but it does when that that one to two minutes is automatically attached to the rewards that you get now we had a big debate yesterday and I considered doing a video about it. Um, I mentioned I was going to consider doing a video about it, and somebody miraculously had a video up an hour later, so I'm glad they enjoy the show. But the the debate was, essentially, I was saying people are well within their rights to determine who they want to play with, and the, the people on the other side of the debate were saying, no, once you click matchmaking, you should be accepting of the fact that you're playing with the general public. Um, and, and, and that's where essentially we disagreed. The root disagreement was a presupposition about what it means to click on multiplayer, what it means to click on matchmaking, and what that, what comes along with that with respect to expectations of you as a player. And I, I approached it from a very different angle than they did. But the main reason we were debating it was because it was becoming a problem. It was becoming a problem. They were... Uh, they were noticing this trend likely internally. They don't need Reddit to tell them this is happening. They can probably see, hey, we're having sort of an anomalous number of kicks right now. What's what's the common factor? Uh, they're all devastators. So I, w- I would imagine, I would imagine they looked at that and thought, this is delicate. You you can't have this sort of thing happening early in a game's life cycle, especially when the game's life cycle will likely run for three to six weeks before you see a significant drop off of players. They want to get concrete data, information, player trajectory, player trajectories, player trends, player rhythms and habits, because if they want to expand this game and, and do more with it, they need that data. They need that information. And it's going to be difficult to get that information if the numbers are significantly sullied. If everybody is basically abandoning Devastators and making the other classes and feeling like, I can't even play the dadgum game if I'm a Devastator. I can't even use matchmaking if I'm a Devastator. So we're going to we're gonna just start either, I guess, what, deleting their characters, stopping playing. Maybe they don't even want to, maybe they don't even play. Maybe they, maybe they delete their Devastator. Who knows? All those numbers are, are unfortunately going to shade and sort of discolor the, the, the information they're trying to get about what the end game can be and what it can look like. Now, we don't even need to talk about Devastators getting kicked. We can just talk about the, the, the basic idea of power and challenge in a late game uh, video game like Outriders. If they're trying to build future content, future expeditions, seasons, or whatever they decide to do, if they're trying to do that, 
that's going to be difficult with outlier abilities that are outshining others because what ends up happening is there are three things that come from this number one build dynamics goes completely out the window okay now to a certain extent build dynamics are always going to get smashed down every single time okay Every single time it's going to get smashed down. It's like when you watch Guy uh, Guy Fieri eat, try to eat a sandwich on one of his on one of his shows, and the sandwich is so tall they have to smash the sandwich down. Why? There's just so much there. Well, in this game, there's so many things to use and so many things to do. It's always going to get smashed down to this build, this character, this gun strongest. It's math. Okay, somebody crunches the numbers somewhere and they figure it out. That's unavoidable. But when it's this stark and it's this it's this slanted, build dynamics goes completely out the window. It's not even a matter of like, well, you can with this character or you can with this build. No, it's way too slanted. Okay. The second thing that comes from this is unnatural player behavior. And this comes out in a variety of ways. It comes out in the Devastators getting kicked. It comes out in everybody playing the same characters. It comes out in players only flocking to certain pieces of content, maybe where certain builds are sung or whatever. So you end up with unnatural player behavior, and you end up with build dynamics getting squashed. The third and final thing that comes from this is you end up with unreliable player base numbers because people may get really, really disheartened and say, well, I invested all this time in a Devastator, and he's not good enough, or all my friends are devastators or whatever the case may be your player basis numbers can also become unstable when this sort of thing happens so when somebody takes a snapshot look at outriders and look it's a pve game why would you need to nerf anything all of the things i just outlined are reasons why balance is really important for a game like this it's actually it to some degree more important for this game than an ongoing live service game because their window of like measurable observable data their window is so much smaller than other games that are available like a division or a destiny because those games are ongoing when a season hits the player base numbers spike back up and you can kind of measure player behavior all over again outriders isn't built for that and they don't have content built for that so that means in six weeks the moment has passed the moment of observation is over. It's like an eclipse, okay? You got a moment where everything's going to line up and you're going to have a lot of data you can gather and a lot of things to inform future content development with respect to substance, depth, challenge, loot quantity, all of that. And that moment's going to pass and then that's it. You missed your window to observe the player base and gather information. So... I that is that is one of the reasons they're probably acting as quickly as they are because it's six to one half a dozen of the other somebody might say well if it's that delicate Lono why would you mess with it literally one week in I mean you're darned if you do and you're darned if you don't because if they do it now they irritate people and people might get angry and stop playing if they don't do anything then it's going to be weeks of as I've said unreliable data unstable player base numbers build dynamics getting squashed so you either accept that for weeks or you act now it's again it's six of one half a dozen of the other no matter what they do here doing nothing could have been just as reckless as doing something if that makes sense so they erred on the side of let's make a change let's not let's not buff yet I I actually think we're going to get a buffing outline or at least intention next week 
Because the last thing they want to do is trot out a buff and have to walk it back. That's more painful. If they trot out these nerfs and they have to walk back the nerfs, that's not as painful. That would probably be celebrated by the community because the community would feel like they were listened to and they would feel like, oh, hey, we're getting some of our love back. We're getting some of our power back. And that would likely be celebrated. So, hey, thank you again to everybody who's clicked the subscribe button today. If you haven't hit subscribe and the bell button, be sure to do that. Sally responded to the poll and said, My reaction was, what were they thinking? Way too many things going wrong with the launch to pour salt on our wounds, so to speak. Uh, Outriders update uh, did indicate that these are different teams. They did take time to do this because they had to know, okay, They had to know that people were going to say, this game has a laundry list of problems right now, and you're busy nerfing, and they made sure to indicate in the update, hey, the team that works on nerfs, buffs, and balance is not the team that works on debugging, fixing, patching, and smoothing the game out. Does that make sense? So it's not like, hey, you guys could be fixing problems and making the game perform better, but we want you to look at balancing and nerfing instead. So they did take the time to at least explain that to the community for, I mean, and it, and it makes sense, right? For a very simple reason. People don't understand the triage in a development company of really any size, whether it's a developer that's 10 people deep or a thousand people deep, the triage and the project management of that company we are all of us completely and wholly ignorant of how that works. Now, some of us have a working knowledge because we've either worked for companies like that before or we've read books or blogs or, 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 or you know, articles about how these companies are structured. And I feel like one good thing that people can fly, one good thing they have done in this update and in others is they have let people know, look, we're going to let you see behind the curtain. We're going to let you see behind the curtain. We're going to let you know. And a good example would be how they spoke to the server issues. So they said, listen, Outrider servers were not the problem. It wasn't a matter of capacity. It wasn't a matter of uh, of uh, scalability. It was a matter of these other databases, third-party databases, that were using swap disk instead of RAM, and that didn't cause a problem until we hit a certain volume, and then eventually it folded in on itself. Now, we have very little working you know knowledge of what even most of that means i have a very basic understanding of swap disk sounds like it would be hard drive based and ram would be memory based one is significantly faster than the other because ram is usually used for smaller processes compared to the accessing of you know significant files of varying size on a hard disk so i had enough knowledge to know oh wow that makes sense why that was not fast enough and it didn't really matter until you were at a certain volume Right? You could have a wait staff in your restaurant that's good and they're fast enough, but they're not fast enough once you get 100 people in the restaurant. Suddenly, the weakness in your wait staff is exposed. Maybe uh, there's too many routes that they have to take in the restaurant. So you're making them go all the way to the back and then all the way to the front and then all the way to the side and then all the way back to their tables. And that's eating up a ton of time. And you don't notice it until you're at capacity and you're like, my gosh, it's taking too long for people to get just basic drink orders. See, so I, I can look at that and understand like, okay, cool. That makes sense why that happened. Doesn't make it any better. Launch weekend still sucked for me, but having that knowledge is helpful. 
And in this situation, I think they did a very, very similar thing that I actually thought was admirable. They said, listen, the team that working that is working on balancing, patching, nerfing, buffing, whatever, it's not the same people or the same team that would be working on smoothing out the issues with respect to crashes and co-op problems and freezes uh, and stuttering on PC. Like, they're separate teams. And I think it's good for you as a player and as a person to have that information. Because a lot of the times, I think people get really angry at developers and they have no idea what the root cause is of the problem. It's like when there's a sound in your house and you can't find it. It kind of drives you crazy. And when you find it, it's like, oh, thank goodness, I just have to put new batteries in this thing instead of being like driven crazy by this. And I think sometimes the nuisance or the frustration or the thing that's causing us to be irritated, understanding what's kind of behind the curtain doesn't take the nuisance away, but it can certainly calm down the emotional aspect of how irritating it really is. And so we can kind of, you know, move, move forward from it. So knowing what happened with the servers didn't suddenly let me go back in time and play, but it certainly was like, oh, well, you know, stinks that happened. It's not like you guys didn't plan. It was an unforeseen thing. And that's understandable. Chest Queen says the nerfs only address half the issues. Devastator is still going to be underused. Um, I agree with this. And I think that, uh, are like, I think the buffs are likely coming. I think Outrider Devastator, uh, Outriders Devastator buffs are likely coming. I've said it a couple of times this morning. I just, I don't think they wanted to overtune here and overswing and give everybody whiplash. Hey, you're a week in. This is stronger. This is stronger. This is buffed. This is nerfed. This is nerfed. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's already kind of raucous to, to seven days into the launch of a game start nerfing abilities. That's, that's, that's already, already pretty, uh, turbulent. Okay, I don't think they wanted to add in that cocktail. Also, add in some buffs. I'm I'm anticipating them speaking to that next week. They want to give this time to settle. Let it let the sediment and the dust settle on this, and let people realize that their their builds are not destroyed. Their characters are not suddenly garbage, weak trash, right? And then they can start to set their sights on some buffs for Devastator. I. I would think that if these nerfs were on their radar enough that they were ready to go, they were ready to go with, uh, you know, an update, an update and a patch a week in, more than likely, this was not something that they didn't, they were not aware of, right? They were aware of this. They were aware of this problem. They were aware of the fact that these particular things were rough and were bad and and needed and needed to be addressed and i think at at a, at a ground level i think at a ground level they are probably in a similar scenario with the buffs they're aware they're aware that the devastator needs to be buffed and they will get to it you know if the average joe can win gold tier on ct15 expeditions is that a good thing for the game well and that is one of the questions right here is a question that we should be asking about the end game is this end game intended to be inaccessible and one of the ways i want to phrase this would be how can an end game be considered inaccessible or 
or sort of gatekept when there's matchmaking. Do you understand the point that I'm making? It's like, how far can you take that principle before it's going to break? Well, it's too easy. It's too easy. The average Joe who grinds up and gets the right build and the right stuff can just go in and win this through matchmaking. Doesn't matchmaking of its of its own design at some level necessitate an endgame that's not that inaccessible? This is not a World of Warcraft raid. This is not a Destiny raid or a Division raid. Do you see what I mean? The minute you add matchmaking into the scenario, it to me it sort of it, it sort of changes the dialogue. I think it changes the dialogue. I think of necessity, the accessibility of the end game has to be tuned differently than what you might be accustomed to. Now that doesn't mean a challenge tier fifteen expedition is a joke. But it certainly means it's accessible. See, accessible doesn't necessitate casual, but accessible certainly means they can get in there and take a crack. And because it's match made, I, I think that there is a there is a ceiling. There's a there's an inherent ceiling here on just how hard they can make it. It and that's why I think they looked at time to completion as a primary motivator for getting more loot. Why? Well, because casuals could go up to ch- you know challenge tier 15. They're, they're kitted to an adequate degree, but they're not optimum. They're going to be able to beat it with enough time, and then they're going to get loot. And those people that are at their optimum build, and they've got their buddies, and they've and, and, they, and they're absolutely killing it, they're going to get more loot. I think that's more than likely one of the reasons they instituted the idea that having an efficiency timed rating is going to be the way to allow for two things to take place: accessibility to the content. And then a reward structure that is dependent upon how good and hardcore of a player you are. And that, that I think, creates this sentimentality that some people might not necessarily be okay. They might not be okay with. As somebody in chat said, if the average Joe can beat an expedition at Challenge Tier 15, then there's a problem, right? I would say, is that a problem though? If three, if three reasonably well-kitted players matchmake and beat an expedition at one of the harder challenge tiers, and they're not hardcore, they're not optimum, they're not playing, they're not sweating, but they manage to beat it, I feel like that's okay. You know? I feel like that's okay. I see what you're saying, but when they change the time for Boomtown, legendary times are now out of reach for any build that isn't bullets and they said if any of these patches overstep they'd walk them back um art so i would i would i, I would wager to say that, that that might get bumped back if they look at the completion times completion percentages on that one in particular they may come to the conclusion that you've come to they did that with legendaries they walked back their legendary thing in the demo a week later they were like oh hey we overstepped a little bit here we're going to walk that one back. It, it, we're going to put legendaries in the chest after a captain. And, you know, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty good. 
Why is that okay? The devs want your gear to be min-max for the hardest expedition tiers before the nerfs. Cookie cutter gear could do them. Right, and that that's that's what I think some people are missing. They're missing the fact that none of this required any specking or building or anything. By the time someone makes it to challenge tier 15, wouldn't they already be past the point of casual? It's hard it, it's hard to know though. It's hard to know though, Milky. Cuz yesterday I have auto tier on. I did a very small amount of build crafting and I was not struggling with the monster hunts. And I was not struggling with any of the content. It was it was it was fairly straightforward. And you guys know me. I play I play pretty casually. I know I put on like I'm I'm, I'm not that good of a player and I, and I can hold my own. And I'm 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 not terrible. But at the same time, I was, I'm talking to I'm talking to Chad. I'm taking a pretty pr- pretty chill. So the question I have is challenge tiers 1 through 14 does the same principle apply if I'm taking a moderate amount of time to kind of spec and mod and I go into challenge tier 1 then 2 then 3 then 4 isn't there a bit of an accessibility like there like I can just kind of go in and do it I don't necessarily beat it and get the best drops I don't go as fast as you know the hardcore guys might so that's what I'm curious about. You know, you guys that have played the expeditions, if a, if a couple of players take a decent amount of time to spec and get some mods, are they going to be able to move their way through the world tiers in a non-hardcore committed way? Given that maybe they're not going for fastest time completion, they're just going for a completion. Is it approachable enough that what we're talking about is even possible. The average Joe gears up, levels up, and can strut into challenge tier 15. Is that, you know what I'm saying? Is that a possibility? I cleared a 15 before the nerf, struggling on anything above 12 now, Trickster. It's possible you were cruising because you didn't have to really spec much. I don't know. I haven't played any expeditions yet, but I feel like what I've heard from the players who have indicates that the hypothetical of matchmaking ruining competitive difficulty is not an issue. There were folks in chat making it sound as if the average Joe could beat challenge tier 15, and I was essentially postulating the idea that the accessibility of matchmaking means they can get there, they can do it, but they're not going to get top tier results because they're going to be playing at a slower pace. So completion is possible for people at that tier, but they're not going to be getting top tier results from it. They're going to be going slower. I'm level 25 and I'm struggling to solo world tier 5. That sounds like a gear problem. World tier 5 at a level 25 could be a gear problem, could be a, a modding problem. Maybe you need to spec into some of your mods. Um, I have a couple of things I did on Devastator, and it made it a massive difference. I pop a couple abilities, and my guns get a buff, and it just makes a humongous difference um, in my performance at world tier 10 or 11, wherever I am now. Challenge tier 14 to 15 require gold. Other tiers require silver. Okay, okay. So maybe the person that kind of sparked this 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 hypothetical was maybe overstating just how easy it is for somebody to beat challenge tier 15. 
if you're watching a video of a pro player solo challenge tier 15 that's not necessarily not necessarily indicative of what the general public can do another response here to the poll from murph dog if you guys haven't taken our poll yet go ahead and use the poll command we want to hear from you we have uh 733 votes thank you for all those votes we cruised out of the 600s and uh what do you feel about the nerfs you know most people are saying that there should be buffs instead of nerfs 32 percent are saying necessary and then 16 percent are saying they just suck so Murph Dog says on the poll here, I was initially upset about it, but then I played and tweaked my build last night, and I honestly didn't notice the damage nerfs as much as I thought I was going to. So all in all, the nerfs were necessary, but I'm hoping for some buffs and tweaks later. Uh, Outriders Devastator is begging for it. I mean, just, you know, needs some help. I I, I think the Outrider Outriders Devastator needs some help. I, I, I think he does. I'm not saying he's garbage or trash, but he needs some help, and I think they just want to make sure they don't overswing. Um, again, that's just a prediction that I'm making. Uh, I don't necessarily, you know, have enough experience. Um, I don't necessarily have enough experience with the character uh, to, um, to to say how much he needs. Uh, or 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 just how much you know they would need to do, but I would wager to say from 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 the from the from the looks of things, um, the 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 devastator could use some help. Um, it would be it would be kind of weird, I think, at this point to think that they can just leave everything alone, leave you know leave the leave every single ability alone just one nerf pass is all they needed I I think that's incredibly unlikely so I've decided man I'm enjoying the grind even though I've been kicked a few times yeah I've not had to use matchmaking as my devastator so keep in mind I'm a a devastator on the Xbox Series X Um, and that I think is is where is where I am right now I was like okay cool 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 like am I gonna get any love or am I going to get to the end game and feel this pain? Uh, another response to the poll here, uh, Matthew Riddle or Riddell says, "My trickster got nerfed, but still shreds in the end game. Uh, whatever helps bring other classes up to par, I'm down for it." Um, that's a nice attitude. I think that's a nice attitude to have. Uh, I, I think that. Um, I, I think that the way. The way that people approach this, this these conversations usually uh, are they kind of just want to react and then once they're done reacting, they start to kind of like, okay, let me let me take a look at this. Let me actually do some testing. Let me see how, let me, let me see how this goes. Um, because, you know, honestly, most of the time, most of the time, it is it really, really comes down to the perception it comes down to the perception of the player and for some people for some people that's the perception is all nerfs are terrible and all nerfs are going to ruin uh you know ruin my experience and if usually whenever i would look at nerfs in in another game that we played uh in another game that we played i would always feel that there was this sort of 
there was this moment where you want to do like a blame like a blame shift right and when you do that blame shift it's like rather than like measure what's actually happening um or you know breaking down exactly how strong the gun was and is a lot of the times you die or you you know you you fall off you fall off the 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 map or you you get blown up or whatever and the first inclination is to be like this is the nerf's fault right this is the nerf's fault this is this is exactly what we were worried about this is exactly what we uh what we thought was going to happen it's so bad it's trash it's you know it's it's whatever and so that that i think is something that happened all the time in destiny is as soon as something gets nerfed the player the player sort of instinct is to blame every death every problem everything that happens you're like well this is because they nerfed it this is because they they took away how strong it is or when they buff something like this is broken this is too strong this is now this is now busted meta whatever and then usually the dust settles people calm down and then people start to say okay it's actually not as bad as it was so this this is a good attitude to take here from Matthew just to be like listen I went to the end game and my build still just rips it up you know it, it's it's still totally still totally fine and so gets the job done and not and that's not the only person that said that this morning they've kind of come in and said look it actually uh, it actually is still totally viable uh, to get to get the you know the end game stuff done with a trickster and you know and then not have to worry about you know never being able to to get anything done it's like you're, you're not you're not actually suddenly uh dead in the water you know you're not dead in the water it's not over it's your character's not you know been destroyed they didn't delete your account um a lot of the times i think whenever whenever nerfs and buffs happen this is like this is i think another thing that happens is people will say that this is this is such an overreaction you know this is such an overreaction to uh the 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 power that we had and then they go and play so we look at the numbers and the first thing we think is we think oh my gosh I can't believe they did this this is such a this is such an overreach um I can't believe I can't believe they did this I can't believe they went this far and then all of a sudden you know we we test it and we're like oh it's actually not that big of a deal cuz numbers can be really misleading you look at the numbers and you're like holy moly they just completely destroyed this th- th- this character and how how on earth am i ever am i ever going to you know use this character ever again so i i think that's a, that's a, that's a common thing that's a common thread and theme whenever these nerfs and these patches come out is people read the numbers and they focus on the numbers only um and then they don't they don't weigh it in the grand scheme because like right now cj saying vulnerability was an overreach it affected non-bullet builds sure but we don't necessarily know what else it could have been affecting there are other things it could have been affecting there are other things that it could have been stacking with that they saw as problematic 
If something is outperforming 30 other things by 50%, you don't bring the 30 individual things 50% up. You bring the one thing 30% down and the rest 20% up. See, Fertilino, I wish you had been here earlier. I, I was trying to explain to people that you have to push from both sides. When the chasm is so long, like, so huge, you got to bring things down and then bring things up. And that, I feel like, is that's what's going on here. Is they're trying to shrink that chasm before they start buffing let's bring this down a little bit so that when we bring these other things up we don't have to bring them up as much it's not as extreme it's not as and again they don't want to buff something and then in two weeks be like oh hey we completely overreacted that ability now needs nerfed we we just totally overshot we completely uh over over baked this cake so Adam uh, Kilker responded to the poll and said, This is the same thing that happened at the beginning of Borderlands 3. Streamers and full-time gamers quickly farmed and abused the strongest guns and builds. They then get nerfed, and I'm still plodding along through the campaign. I hear ya. But it's more uh, correlation than causation. We had this debate this morning. I think it's more correlation than causation. So... A lot of people want to blame streamers or YouTubers, and believe me, I enjoy taking chunks out of streamers and YouTubers who are charlatans, fakes, liars, hypocrites, um, and truly awful people. I love it. I love taking swings at nasty people because they have the world convinced that they're, they're saints. But in this certain situation, I do not believe this is, and I don't think this is necessarily what, the, what Kilker's saying, but I don't think it's a fair take to say, oh, streamers always get what they want, and streamers ruin games, and, and they, they're they the reason this is happening. I think it's correlation more than causation. It's the, 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 the fastest players, the strongest players, the most hardcore, the most dedicated. If YouTube and streaming platforms didn't exist and all we had was Reddit, you'd be blaming Reddit. You'd be blaming Reddit. You'd be saying, oh, well, people go to Reddit and they put their build guides out and then people start abusing the build guides and they're really strong and now stuff's getting nerfed because of Reddit. Listen, it's correlation. It's not causation. If, If I built a room and I took 10 young children into the room and I was like, let's stress test the room. Let's see how crazy this room is. Can it really sustand, you know, 10 preschool age children playing in it and a piece of the baseboard breaks off and a doorknob falls off and uh, and a table breaks and a, and a chair uh, a chair cracks after just a couple hours of being played with okay somebody might come in and say look at this man all these kids abusing the furniture and abusing the room They're like no it it's correlation not causation the door handle wasn't hooked on right. The baseboard wasn't attached properly. The table was a weak piece of garbage. The, the chair was trashed. Like, their stress test of the room exposed weaknesses. They're not the cause of the weaknesses. Do you see? Like, these hardcore players throw themselves at the game and they find all the weak points or the strong points or the exploitable loot paths or the broken, uh, the broken quests, you know? If you would, you would still have these things happen. They just run way far ahead of you and find it all. And you got to take the good with the bad, okay? You got to take the good with the bad. 
the streamers and the YouTubers and the hardcore players, the Reddit, the people on Reddit and stuff that crunch the numbers, they rush ahead and oftentimes they're the ones who suffer through a broken quest line or a bug or a glitch and you don't because they put it on the developer's radar and it gets fixed before you get there. Now, again, it cuts both ways. Cuts both ways. Okay? Cuts both ways. They find the bugs and the glitches that are bad for players and they find the bugs and the glitches that are good for players and both get patched equally and I know a lot of times you're like yeah but the bugs and the glitches that hurt my experience don't get fixed as fast yeah well sometimes it's easier to be like yeah that guy's not going to drop that anymore that's broken and that's more complicated than finding out like why co-op lobbies keep breaking and why crossplay isn't working properly why well there's more moving parts there there's way more moving parts to why crossplay is breaking and why co-op is so bad and why there's hitching. That's more complicated than this guy's dropping two drops. What the frick? Fix that. It, usually what benefits the player is a lot easier to track down. Oh, when they reset this mission halfway through, they get double the drops. Yeah, fix that. Okay, cool. People keep getting disconnected from co-op lobbies. Okay, we got multiple platforms, multiple handling, multiple IP trading, multiple this, multiple that, this, 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 and that, and the other. It could be breaking here. It could be breaking there. Somewhere along the pipeline, there's a bad handoff. It's more complex than going into the game itself and saying, why is this guy dropping double drops? Why is this guy allowing players to wipe and keep getting drops? Like, usually it's easier to fix those things. So you, you have to take the good with the bad. Streamers, YouTubers, Redditors, all these people charge out ahead. They find the best builds, the strongest builds, the exploits, and the weak points. And those are usually symptoms that they uncover. They are not the causes of those things. Co-op is bad. Played on PC with my friends since day one. Maybe got disconnected four times back. Everybody crying, but I don't see anything on my side. That's like going to a restaurant and saying your meal was fine and then the people in the booth next to you had terrible service and their meal was cold and you're like well I mean my meal was great I don't know what you're crying about because your stable experience is not the nullification or the refutation of the hosts of people who are talking about problems that they're having and the fact that it's been acknowledged by the developer means your anecdotal evidence means nothing they've, they've acknowledged that there's a problem you know like hey there's a problem right now with crossplay. It's not working. There's a problem with co-op with disconnects. We're looking into it. We think this patch should smooth a lot of that out. You're like, I've not had a problem. I mean, bully for you, man. Bully for you, but it's been bad for a lot of other people. Uh, Adams to Art says, especially when nerfing expedition time requirements, buffs are more important to the underperforming classes. Um... Outriders expeditions uh, are are likely going to get a lot of tuning. I think. Um, I don't think this is the end of them, you know, tuning expeditions. Um, in 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 general, in general, that's the part of the game that is most likely in the in the roughest shape. I would I would bet. I bet there's there's stuff that hasn't even been discovered yet. There's probably stuff they have that, that the community hasn't even discovered yet. Mark my words, there'll be a video next week. This expedition exploit is crazy. Like, there's going to be a video next week. Promise you. There's too many expeditions. There's too many loopholes. There's too many things people can figure out. I, I bet you there's a video next week. I'm getting back connections to my friends when they're host. I have no way of knowing if it's my internet uh, or part of the game. 
Do you know what we discovered yesterday? Your loading screens are dependent upon who you're playing with. I play on an Xbox Series X. When I am by myself and I fast travel, I'm instantly there. It's like the little loading circle goes 20, 80, bing, there. Sometimes I don't even get a loading screen. It's just fast. I play with a guy who is playing on an Xbox One. So he's playing on older tech, doesn't have an SSD drive. And my loading screens, suddenly his loading screens became my loading screens. His slow load, his slow hard drive became my hard drive. He, we, I was like, why is it taking so long? It's, I can't go anywhere. It's taking forever. It's awful. And then he left, and then I did the same fast travel, and it was like, dink, 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 dink. I was fast traveling two and three times in the amount of time that it took me to fast travel with him. They got to figure that out, because that is stupid. You, that, that could not be on purpose. There's no way that's the intended result. Hey, we're so glad... We are so glad that you bought a brand new Xbox Series X or a PS5 nice fast SSD that these consoles touted as fast load times. But <laughs> you're playing with somebody on an older console. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> there are people uh, complaining about loading screens thinking the bad load times of next gen. Yeah, and it's not. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's total trickery. I played with somebody yesterday on Xbox One on PS5 and our load screens were synced night and day. It's crazy. Might be intentional. If it's intentional, I will. I, you write this down. If it's intentional, it's one of the dumbest things they could possibly do. You have people that literally bought a PS5 and an Xbox Series X on the promise and the marketing of faster load times and they don't get to have that if they play with anybody who's not on a new console. I wonder if that's to try to sync up cutscenes, ETC, since they are not pre-rendered. I remember playing with Teddy, and his cutscenes were like 10 seconds ahead of mine due to network desync. I'm telling you, if it's intentional, they gotta cut it. They have to cut it. It's terrible. Why on earth would somebody... Because you gotta consider this. Microsoft and Sony are gonna be like, dude, are you freaking kidding me? We got people that think it's our tech and our console that they bought. We promised them faster load times, and think about you guys talk about toxic elitism I'm not who's gonna want to play with somebody alright who's on the old gen dude you freaking kidding me who is it it's taking us forever to load in bro what are you doing I'm on the Xbox One get him out of here it's, that's likely gonna be another another uh, matchmaking filtering people are gonna do I run SSD in so many games I play where I'm the first one in the map by 10 to 15 seconds might be trying to avoid someone being able to slay out before the team even loads in well sure but again i i don't i just don't think that's a standard that that makes sense in the realm that we're existing in right now people spend lots of money to upgrade computers or consoles and for them to lose a significant value point load time was a huge selling point of these new consoles is in their trailers for crying out loud I, I, I can't see that being a, 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 a feature that should stay in place. Um, you know what I mean? Well, I mean? Want to see Elitist? I will kick someone tossing me into longer load times. And because it's, it's, it's not just like a few extra seconds. I mean, it is night and day. It's night and day. Do you think some of the connection issues would go away if the game was naturally offline and you wanted, unless you wanted the matchmake? 
No, my my issues with load time have nothing to do with the game being online. The minute I'm by myself, it's fine. My load times were fine the minute I was playing solo. I had no issue. I had no issue at all. It's listen. I have nothing against people who are on the older consoles because for crying out loud, you might be angry that you're on an older console. You may want to get a newer console and you literally cannot get your you cannot get your paws on one because all these bots and all these scalper pieces of trash grab them. So I get it. I feel bad for you. Your load time should not be my burden. I should not have to bear the burden of your old tech. Especially if I'm on PC and you're on an old PC or I'm on a new gen console and you're on an old gen console. Like I should not have to bear the burden of your load time. That's ludicrous. That, that just doesn't make any sense at all. The PS5 has one of the fastest SSDs and associated architecture available and being slowed down because of old gen is a joke. It's a selling point of the hardware that's being taken away from me. Like, imagine being like, hey, yeah, you're playing with somebody on the PS4. You're playing with somebody on the PS4, so uh, you're not going to get the higher frame rate. What? (laughs) Why am I 30 frames per second all the time? We really want to have a synchronized experience across both the platforms. So, sorry, we know you bought this console because, you know, higher graphical fidelity, lighting, textures, frame rate, load time. We know that that's why you bought this, but (laughs) you you can't get it when you're playing with somebody on older tech. Okay, bye, thanks. Like, people aren't going to put up with that, man. They're not. You're sullying the very... Like the very thing that should have people excited. Crossplay, play with anybody. Oh man, this is great. We can all play together. You're you're sullying it by making me deal with with, with essentially it's like I didn't upgrade. <laughs> it's like I didn't upgrade, you know? I I don't know. It's like, "Hey, you're on dial-up and I got and I got a gig broadband." So, when we have to download updates, I should get bottlenecked so that I can't get the update faster than you. Like, let's just make sure Everybody has exactly the same experience. Thus completely nullifying ever upgrading tech ever. <laughs> um, uh, next comment on the poll from Thunder J. It's a slippery slope. Any direction you go, the four classes need to be unique to get played. Agreed. Um, Outriders classes are a huge selling point. They're a huge selling point. I mean, that's that's one of the ways they market. I mean, look at all the wallpapers. Look at all the graphics. Look at all the you know. Look at all the pictures. You know. By the way, if you're new to the stream and you're enjoying the conversation, we are talking about the announced nerfs, and I'm reading through your responses as the audience. So be sure to use the poll command and take our poll. Also, I have a 10 minute segment I'll be doing after this where I walk through all of the information from the updates. So I'll be doing that shortly. If you're enjoying the show do me a favor, click subscribe and the bell button if you like what I'm doing. It'll ensure that you can come back whenever I'm doing these shows in the back and forth. This is a variety gaming channel where we cover a lot of different topics. I am also safe for work, so a lot of people throw me on confidently like a radio show in the background. Casey Gilbert with a $5 tip through Super Chat. They want to farm legendary armor, but they suck. I have three pieces of Plague Sower, and I lose over 60% damage just by putting them on. Um... I mean, thank you for the tip. I don't, I don't necessarily know what you want me to tell you. You just want to complain about loot. Cool. I mean, I, <laughs> what do you want me to tell you, man? Either get better ones or get something else or keep on grinding. Like, you're playing a loot-based game. That's what's going to happen. You're going to get bad drops, drops you're not interested in, drops you already have, you know. J Money coming in, clicking the join button. Thank you so much. 
I appreciate you guys using the membership button. That supports me directly. We have been trying to get to 900 members for a while now. So if you want to support me directly with a membership, you can click the join button or you can use the join command in chat. Uh, it gets you access to more rooms in our Discord. We need about 20 more members. We're kind of still hovering at that spot. We have a No Man's Sky community planet you can take a part in, as well as other places in the Discord to share pictures and other things. And uh, Discord's open to everybody, by the way. If you want to hang out on our Discord server, go to discord.gg slash network. discord.gg slash network, or use the Discord command in chat. And as a paying member, you get increased access. Red Demonize said, instead of buffing Devastators, they are nerfing all other classes to level the playing field. Um, I think Devastator uh, getting a buff soon, I bet. I, I bet you that the Devastator's getting a buff soon. Um, I, I don't I don't think this is the end of the road. If, 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 if I know anything about games like this, they're not like, yeah, one patch, we're done, we did it, we fixed the whole game. It's perfect. <laughs> You know, this is one of, I would wager to say there'll be five or six tuning patches after it's all said and done. Five or six tuning patches. We'll probably get one a week for the next month, month and a half. I may, I may be overshooting, but I, I can't see this being the only thing they do. Um, you know? So it, it there's there there have to be more on the horizon, more changes, more tweaks on the horizon. This 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 cannot be the only thing they do. Not to mention, they kind of indicated that they had a patch loaded in the hopper when they started talking about the day one patch. They're like, yeah, there's a day one patch coming, and we have another patch coming as well. We have another patch coming. Like we, uh, you know, we we've we've got. We've got things planned and they're on the way. Um, you know? Uh, let's see. Oh, that's dope. Awesome. Sure thing. We actually, um, 80s T's performed really well last, uh, last month for us. I thought it was going to be lower. Uh, I thought it was going to be lower because we were only for about half the month we were promoting 80s T's. And it's actually up. Uh, in March from February. So thank you everybody for using my code at 80s Tees. Uh, you can always use the shirt command. I'm wearing another one today. This is a G.I. Joe. Uh, code Lono at 80stees.com will get you 30% off. So thank you everybody who did that. Um, especially if you get new people to do it. That's the most important thing. Like the people that keep going back, you're awesome. But the new folks, you know, you're the best. <laughs> the new folks. Because, <laughs> like, the repeat code usages, apparently, I think it was, like, in December, the code Lono got shoved somewhere, and a bunch of people used the code <laughs> in December. <laughs> uh, that's Destro. It's a G.I. Joe shirt. It's a G.I. Joe collection. If you use the shirt command, it'll take you, and you can see all the various G.I. Joe shirts that they have. I go generic. I say Zelda. I say Star Wars. Like, because I'm starting to link to the collections instead of the specific shirt. So, um, they have a massive amount of shirts there. Be always remember to use the shirt command or go to 80stees.com. Looks like they fixed the hitching on the title screen. I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering if we'll be able to... I know his name is Destro. I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not oblivious to that. Uh, I don't say this is a Link shirt when I'm wearing a Zelda shirt. Um... When I had a Transformer shirt, I didn't say that I was wearing, uh, you know, who was I wearing? Is it 
Optimus Prime? I can't remember who's on that shirt. Anyway, I'm like, it's a Transformer shirt. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of bummed that if they finally get PC to run well, I'm just I'm too invested on console. I kind of can't go back. It'd take me way too long uh, to start beefing up on PC. So that's right. It's Megatron as Scarface. That's the Transformer shirt. That's right. That's right. Um, that's convenient for a guy that complains about people saying Coke. Listen to me, Zubair. I will not. I will not be scolded by you. No. With your thick black perfect beard, the shirt's super dope. Yeah, the Megatron one is pretty is pretty dope. Uh, Milky responded to the poll. He says nerfs are never fun, but we don't know how this company and title balances things. So, given this is a pretty short list, I'm willing to roll with it and see how they handle things over the next few weeks. Agreed. I I I I have to continue to stress that I think this is step one. This is not the be-all end-all patch right this is not the be-all end-all patch this is step one and i call this the make room step this is the make room step they're making room they're they are as we said closing the gap between the things that are super strong and the things that are not so Josh Graham says, as someone who played for 60 hours and has a Twisted Rounds build, this is necessary. There is no instance where someone should be able to solo Eye of the Storm without having to farm for legendary armor and perfecting their their build. Great input about uh, the Outriders. Um, what is that? Is that, a, is that Twisted Rounds is the trickster or the techno? Who's Twisted Rounds? Um... Yeah, people are saying that Twisted Rounds is still really, really strong, even after even after the balancing pass. People are like, no, it's still very, very strong. It's not like it's dead in the water. Um, it, it, they didn't they didn't murder it. It's Trickster. Okay, hang on. I wanted to respond to this. Uh, great input about the tr- Outriders Trickster build uh, pre and post patch. I think that's good input. That like, look, man, it, it, I, I, this, this guy's got sixty hours, and he's like, this thing was, this thing was busted. This was absolutely busted. It needed to be addressed. Like, and and this is one of the things that surprised me about all of the all of the outcry and all the people that were mad. Um, I was like, hang on a minute. I was like, we literally just spent all day the day before saying the exact opposite we were like man these builds these abilities are nuts you know by the way if you haven't hit the like button yet let's aim for 500 likes uh the the like brigading has slowed down a little bit people in chat have kind of chilled so it does help me and it does help the video and it is free so let's let's see if we can't slam 500 likes out if you haven't clicked it already i'd greatly appreciate that i we the day before this patch rolled out okay we 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 had so many people in chat saying these bullet skills are nuts they're 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 insane they're they're crazy they're you know they're they're busted right and they're only and then and then and then the main thing people were really stressing was they were like we're not we're not even having to build into it okay and that was something that people were stressing and that's what they stress even in, in even in the um they were stressing this even in the the patch notes. They were like, "You didn't even have to. You don't even have to build into this. You can just, you just, you just get it. <laughs> you 
You just do it. It's just in your abilities. It's in. It's inherent. It's intrinsic to the actual character. And I think that's very, very important to keep that perspective here. That the Devastator people are like, well, the Devastator's strong, right? The Devastator can do this. The Devastator can do that. And it's like, okay, but he has to build for that, right? He has to do a bunch of things. He has to go get loot. These guys don't have to. Counterpoint hitting the like button is too hard for people that are lazy like me. Oh, come on. You can do it. Just add five seconds, not ten. Uh, they did need a tiny nerf or more options. All honesty, it did need a little nerf. Um, give Devastator a round skill. Problem solved. You want to know why I think they haven't done anything with Devastator? I wouldn't be surprised if they're doing that. They'll call them like earthen rounds or something. They'll be like earth-based rounds with like rocks around them or something. I don't know. You know, I earthen rounds that add some kind of a knockback impact damage buff or something. It would not surprise me if that's why they haven't done anything with the Devastator because that's a pretty big change to to literally have to bake something new into the character that's presently not there, right? Ashen rounds, yeah. Ashen, tectonic, earthen, yeah, any one of those. Any one of those would be good. I like I like earthen, but tectonic's good too. I like that. You know, volcanic, volcaic. They could do a hand they could it would be really, really easy to come up with a cool name. They're just gonna have to figure out where they go. Rock rounds. Come on, small king, dig a little deep there. We could call them rock rounds. Rock, yeah, he's got he's got rocks. <laughs> pebble, what about pebble rounds? That sounds good. Ooh, I like seismic rounds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, volcanics are volcanics already on the pyro. That's right, that's right. Yeah, I like seismic. Stone rocks. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather devastators don't get bullet abilities because they are boring, and I'm so over them being the meta rock and roll rounds right but don't they need something to level that out and say okay everybody has an ability with respect to rounds i feel like everybody needs that and then it's leveled out and then once you get it leveled out it's like okay cool now that's kind of an assumed thing in everybody's build now i know some people might be like well that hurts build diversity lono you're squashing build diversity and it's like am i though if there are games where everybody has a grenade and you pick your grenade and everybody has a melee and you pick your melee everybody has their ultimate and you pick their ultimate so in this game if everybody has some type of like some type of a such and such rounds right I don't know is that a problem is it really squashing build diversity because you got all these other things you're doing in addition to it now what they could consider doing what they could consider doing is and I don't know how they would do this with respect to like your your controller, right? I don't know how mu- how you would do this with respect to your controller, but you would definitely want to say, okay, what if there's the three equipable abilities, and now all classes have a round based and ammunition based ability that's somewhere else, and it's on its own cooldown. It's on its own cooldown, and it's separate. Does that make sense? It to me it would be like it's it's like a grenade cooldown kind of a thing. 
everybody gets some sort of a thing that adjusts their their firing rounds and it's on a cooldown and you can get different perks and mods on your your armor that interact with it and it would be its whole it would be a whole separate thing that requires whole reprogramming oh it certainly does i'm not saying that they'll be able to do this i'm just saying it would become like something that is just assumed on every class I don't think the problem is round-based abilities. I think the problem is that you don't have to invest and build around it, investing time and resources. Right. Right. And that would be ultimately, I think, where where some of this would need to land. Like I'm saying, it would be it would be something that everybody has, and then you can spec into things that make it stronger, better, weaker, whatever. Make the ultimate the rounds like supers in Destiny? I mean, maybe. Maybe. Does Devastator have a kind of mod where enemies take damage from shooting melee attacks while your golem is activated? That could be a game changer if there is. I have something with my with my Devastator where when I pop my golem for 10 seconds, I get like a huge damage buff. And then I have another one where I throw up the bullet shield and after I do that, I get a damage buff for so much time. And I have it set to last a really, really long time. And I can fight while it's up. So, putting up a bullet blocker, and then whenever you're done with it, right, getting a damage buff, it makes more sense. I use a mod where I throw it up, and then after it's done, I get a damage buff. And I can just fight while it's up. So it's up for a really long period of time. I can fight while it's up, and when it's done, I get a damage buff. When I use Golem, I get a damage buff. When I do uh, Gravity Leap, I get a damage buff, and I get healing off the damage that I do. So I usually throw my shotgun in, I gravity I gravity leap, I heal off the gravity leap, I get a damage buff, I start shooting people with my shotgun, and my shotgun reloads on kills, so does my light machine gun. I have a lot of things feeding each other that feels really, really good on the Devastator. It would be nice to periodically be like, hey, on top of all these buffs I'm doing, let me throw on, as you guys called them, seismic rounds. Doing! Clung, 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 clung. What if seismic rounds slows down the fire rate of the gun, but does something crazy with damage and knockback? You know? So it's not just like a flat buff, like it's an actual gameplay adjustment where it makes it easier to hit your crits, so you'd want to really lean into like crit bonuses and buffs and damage buffs, and your seismic rounds would, would pair really well with that, because like your LMG suddenly has its fire rate cut in half, but its damage is tripled. Because if you cut the fire rate in half and double the damage, it wouldn't do anything. So you cut the fire rate in half, triple the damage, and then you're just clam, 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 clam. Like, that would be pretty dope. I, you know, I don't know if that would be too strong or not strong enough, but... I'm just I'm just spitballing a way to make a character like that, you know, really really enjoyable and not and not have it always feeling like, well, he's the dummy tank that can't boost his 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 bullets. I have damage boosts, but I don't have a way to like just make my bullets better and the other classes do. Um we ran into this debate all the time in Destiny. Damage perks can become assumed and we're in a similar we're we're in a similar spot here with outriders your the damage perks are just assumed it's like what the, the I'm sorry the ammunition perks are just assumed just yeah you need them put them on it it, it it's affecting build diversity it is it's affecting build diversity let's refresh the poll and see where the results ended up 
850 closing in on the 1k votes we always love to see a lot of votes on these polls uh and 85 comments thank you guys so much for the engagement on the poll today outriders nerfs how do you feel about them cash in your vote if you haven't done so yet by using the poll command uh people are saying buff instead of nerf 50 percent are saying that 33 percent are saying necessary and 17 percent are saying that it sucks so the results haven't changed much but but we're reading through the comments here as uh, as we speak uh, Maximo Madrano my main issues with the nerfs is that they didn't even buff anything else not even a small buff also some enemies aka snipers didn't even get looked at buffs are likely on the way I, 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 I really really think we need to maintain that perspective that it's incredibly unlikely that this is all they have planned uh, and that there aren't going to be more patches very 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 unlikely um and if you're new and just tuning in be sure to smash the like button king keys is in chat asking for 500 likes hit subscribe and the bell button if you're enjoying this conversation i have a 10 minute talk planned i am going to break down everything they said read through the notes and give you my thoughts on these on these nerfs um so i hope you stick around for that if you're if you're listening to this poll breakdown elsewhere you can always catch these live at sntrlive.com for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the nerfs that were announced for Outriders. If you're listening to this in any of the other locations, watching it on my other YouTube channel, you can always catch me live at SNTRLive.com. SNTRLive.com brings you to the YouTube channel where I do the talks, and then SNTRVideos.com takes you to the upload channel if you just want the videos and not the live streams. So, not surprising that a game like Outriders needed some sort of balancing pretty quickly. I mean, we got a week in. They they did tuning during the demo to, you know, legendary drops and some of the farming that was going on. And they indicated when the day one patch was outlined that they had a patch that wasn't ready for day one that they were working on that would come after the launch of the game. This patch was more than likely ready to go prior to this game landing. So I want to I want to get that out on the very front end of this video. There's a lot of people running with what I think is a ridiculous narrative that here's another game that is perking, uh, perking, uh, buffing and nerfing in response to streamers. Oh, they're listening to streamers, listening to YouTubers. They said there was a patch ready to go before the day one patch even landed and before the game even launched. So one week of YouTubers and folks on Reddit finding the most busted, most strongest, most craziest builds is likely not the cause of this nerf. It was literally people finding the weakest points in the game, stretching the game to its breaking point, and finding the ways to beat the content the absolute fastest, or even find busted exploits for legendary drops. So, this is not something to lay at the feet of YouTubers. I I, I said it earlier today, there are plenty of YouTubers and streamers out there that are charlatans and hypocrites and fakes, and they're terrible, and they're worthy of criticism. This is not one of those times. Okay, you guys know I love pointing out how awful you know content creators can be. This is not one of those times. They merely find the busted stuff, make a video, and everybody starts using it. So I wanted to spell that notion. This patch was likely ready to rock before the game even launched. 
Outriders has only been out for a week, and the first batch of class ability nerfs has been outlined. After just a few days, many players and content creators were pointing out how strong certain ammo abilities were for some of the classes, specifically the Technomancer and the Trickster. It even got to the point that the Devastator was a trending topic on Reddit due to so many folks getting kicked from late-game matchmaking since it was singled out as the quote-unquote slowest class. Many are concerned that this is way too soon for nerfs and that buffs should have been the response, while others see these as outlier problems in need of tuning before buffs can happen. So, which is it? I, I, I think it's a bit of both. So let's let's walk through this. At the end of this video, I am going to kind of give you my thoughts on what I actually think is going on. So first and foremost, what did they say? Late in the demo lifecycle, we discovered a bug with regards to the bullet augmentation abilities damage calculation formula. While we fixed this bug, some unforeseen imbalances were unfortunately introduced, which has led to bullet-based abilities vastly outperforming other skills. The main problem with this is that such bullet-based builds require much less investment to make them top tier compared to other builds. So the translation here is, you don't even need to build into this. You don't have to take time investment and grinding and modding or specking these builds are top tier because these bullet based abilities are outperforming basically everything else they went on to say to achieve this we have made a couple of adjustments for the trickster and technomancer classes who benefit the most from their bullet abilities power it's uncertain as to whether these changes will prove too strong or too weak so please do consider this to be only the first step as we will continue monitoring and adjusting them in the future just like you we hope to see more inspiring and crazy combinations of abilities and mods so as I've been kind of stressing all morning and they even use the term here first step I actually didn't catch that in my in when I prepared this outline last night I've been stressing this morning this is likely only step one they are attempting to bring the gap closer together if they're going to start buffing devastator or other abilities they have to brain these outliers in a little bit to shrink the gap i said this morning if you were 100 feet away from me and i was trying to say something to you and you couldn't hear me it would be faster and easier for me to get to where you were if you took some steps toward me you would be closing the gap uh between us that is essentially what they are attempting to do here. Also, we need to remember, in the demo, they rolled back and walked back some of the changes with respect to legendary drop rates, and they're even saying, this may be too strong or too weak, and this may get adjusted in the future. A point I made many times this morning, it's easier to walk back a nerf, because people would celebrate that. Hey, we overshot, that nerf was a little too much, we're going to give you back some of your power. If they were to buff this early on, and have to walk back that buff, that would be more despised and more criticized and put a big damper on everything so while it stinks i think they're taking the right approach so that's what they said how are they doing it these are the specifics on how they are doing it the base cooldown of twisted round skill has increased to 25 seconds it was previously 16 so it's going to take a little bit longer before you can fire up twisted rounds again they said while infinite uptime on bullet abilities was always our intention it is intended to be high risk high reward playstyle. however given the current power of this skill this is very little risk involved in the ability given in its short cooldown even when players fail to trigger ammo replenishment increasing its cooldown in combination with adjusting its damage should increase that risk and make this playstyle more thrilling a more thrilling experience this is actually very very well reasoned here i love the fact that they're using the risk ward mindset if you want to get this really awesome power or you want to keep this uptime as they said 
like infinite uptime on a bullet ability was their intention they want it to be something that you have to take risk for and i think that is a very very good place to land next the trickster hero tree nodes disruptive firepower scion of power outrider executioner have had their power reduced to 35 percent. it was previously 50 percent. the combination of twisted rounds increase of firepower on top of the multipliers provided by the class tree led to huge increases of damage dealt by this ability while we do understand that the satisfaction this kind of power can bring it is currently vastly outperforming our wildest expectations as we therefore need to bring it down a notch now You might read this and think, oh man, what a bummer. Can't believe they're doing this. I read this and say, how did you not catch this in testing? This is likely one of the reasons why I think this patch was ready to go even the last week before launch. It just had to go through debugging and certification, uh, you know, with some of the with some of the platforms, Microsoft. And so they likely knew this ahead of time because that's always my concern when I read this. I'm like, how did you not catch this in testing? And they probably did catch it in testing. It just wasn't ready for the day one patch, and that's why it's hitting now. But they're saying here it was vastly outperforming uh, some of their expectations, which means it's vastly outperforming other classes as well. Now, vulnerable status is getting its power reduced to 15%. It was previously 25. This is something that everybody can use. It's a mod you can throw on something that applies vulnerable to an enemy so they take more damage. Now, instead of being 25, it's 15. Then the Technomancer is going to have its hero tree node uh, damage against poison. That power is getting cut in half. It's going to be 15% instead of 30%. And here's the reasoning. While the Technomancer's Blighted Rounds do not provide any damage increase on their own, other than ignoring armor as anomaly damage, they do provide an excellent tool for spreading the vulnerable and toxic statuses, which in turn can scale out of proportion. This might be one of the ones that they end up walking back. I think they overswung here on vulnerable and the damage against poison. I think this is a bit of a double whammy, and these one of these or both of these will likely get tuned a little bit back. This is the one area that feels like a slight overswing, and it's going to compound the nerfs will end up compounding each other and so this is the one that i do think might end up getting walked back lastly the pyromancer hero tree node trial of ashes has been reduced 15 percent. it was previously 30 this is another one that might end up getting walked back that's pretty harsh that's you know cutting it in half so those are the patch notes that's what they're doing uh, there are other things they've announced with some of the uh, expeditions and timers and stuff. We're not talking about that today. I've got other videos planned. We may end up addressing that. I don't have enough experience in expeditions right now to talk about that in an informative way. Uh, I also want to talk about loot, loot cycles, and the end game and how the game's rhythms and the loot and the content loop feels. So we have a lot more content planned for Outriders. So lastly, this is not a new problem. This isn't a new problem for games like Outriders, and honestly, the sooner they address outlier abilities, the quicker they can buff weaker abilities or classes. Many claim that the Devastator is just fine in the late game with the right armor and builds, but the abilities that got nerfed required almost none of that effort. This is why Devastators are getting kicked, this is why they're being viewed as the sort of uh, second-class citizen in the situation right now, which is leading to problems with matchmaking. Those trends, if they're allowed to settle for longer than a week, would be very detrimental to the game's experience and as I said this morning if people can fly want to gather data and information about the players and how we play and rhythms and matchmaking times and challenge and difficulty they need to act quick okay they have a small window of time where they can actually gather information on our behavior in about six weeks they're going to have far fewer people playing this game so they need to go now because 
if they're going to want to expand this game in the future and create more expeditions and maybe even a seasonal style model like a lot of people myself we think they're going to go to a diablo seasonal model if they can get enough good intel on how we all play well that intel is not going to be very good if they let this stuff sit for weeks and people getting kicked and classes and abilities running amok and running wild they have to act now even if it's uncomfortable and painful for the player base The hope would be that this opens up room within the power structure of the game to give room for the Devastator or other weak abilities to get some love and to get some buffs. It's worse, I think, to overtune or buff something too quickly, only to have to walk that back in a follow-up patch. If they have to walk back these nerfs, that'll be celebrated. If they have to walk back buffs, that would make things you know, significantly more worse than they are right now with respect to player perception. We need to also consider how quickly People Can Fly responded to the legendary drop nerf during the demo, and they readjusted and had them dropping from chest after the captain. It was one week of feedback, and they adjusted again. They are quick, they're agile, and they listen to our feedback. I don't think they're just going to blanketedly do this and never re, you know, reassess or look at it again. This is also not the end of the game and not the end of patching. If the changes are too extreme or they hurt classes too much, they'll make more adjustments. This is why they are likely waiting to do a buff pass on some of the other things in the game. They want to see how this settles on the community and completion rates and damage output of these two particular classes. As always, if you're watching this somewhere else, you can catch me live at sntrlive.com.